if you tell your story and somebody anywhere in the world watches it and for some reason something that you say about your story uh, about what you went through about your journey the insight the wisdom the experience anything that you say in there if that can shake them and if that can bring them to a level where they're able to get to a good vibes level or a balance i have thought of you a few times while i was jogging because of the whole breathing thing that you you had talked about a few times and i actually every once in a while i think like oh yeah i remember now she gave this advice don't like don't do this and don't do that and you know little things and every once in a while when i'm jogging i'm thinking about you you know why the breathing is important because when you start doing the short breaths that's slowing you down not giving you the energy to keep taking another step Right. When you calm your breathing, it gives you the energy to for the distance. And that's the goal. Have you downloaded the app, the C25K app? Nope. Okay. Download that to your phone. It is a free app and there's a pay for app. Don't use the pay for one. Use the free one because it does the same thing. That is going to train you to run. Follow that app. As a beginner runner, you should not be concerned with running a mile. No. You should be concerned with learning how. the cardio, the breathing, and how, how far you can go. So that's actually, that app will train you to run. C25K, Couch yep. to 5K, yeah. Incorporated into my, into my day every day, man. I'm on day 69, so there's no, there's no looking back. Let's talk about life, baby. Let's talk about you. And no, let's talk about sex. Eh? That's what it was. Fuck. <laughs> I won't go to sex tonight. How about that? We're going to just stick to life. <laughs> <laughs> All right, here we go. Hello, everyone. We're in a good mood. We're in a good mood tonight. We're already uh, fired up. You know, the pre-show was uh, the pre-show for me sometimes is always more informative and fun in some ways than uh, the actual show. But the actual show is pretty legit, too. How are you doing, everyone? I hope you are well. My name's Marty and uh, welcome to the Good Vibes show. And uh, tonight uh, we got a guest from New York State. Oh, yeah. I love New York State. New York State just gives you that feeling. Shit, I'm talking to somebody, you know, uh, from Syracuse, New York, uh, Sean Jankowski. Sean Jankowski is in Syracuse. How are you, Sean? I'm well. I'm well. Thank you. How are you? I'm great. Thank you. And I actually discovered Sean again on this awesome app called TikTok. What I like about Sean is that the videos that she, the videos she does are real. She's she's legit. She she cares about people and humanity, and she always uh, also makes um, you know some videos about uh, running and jogging and how to do it. And she she's got great information. I mean, she's gonna tell us all about it. Uh, I'm sure, Sean, you're gonna we're gonna be able to tap into that a little bit as far as uh, the experience that you've gained and also. You know, having a sister that's that ran what did you say, friggin' fifty state marathons in an hour, yeah. in a year and a half. Yeah. So there's a lot of cool info coming in from that from that side for you. So really excited to have you. You know, we've been chatting back and forth, trying to set up uh, a time. So I always like to know uh, a lot about my guests and try to try to see pick into their journey to see if we can't get an insight uh, out of their experience in life and. Uh, 
some wisdom and, and every, everything else. Because guess what? We can all learn from each other. That's what humanity should be. Absolutely. Kind of got away from that now in these days. So I'd like to bring it back a little bit with this, with this show. So yeah, Sean, how you doing? I'm good. So tell us about you. Tell us who you are, where, you, where you're at. I am a single woman of two children, adult children. My son is 28. My daughter just turned 21. We just had a conversation about that. She's partying. Um, <laughs> and I came from an abusive relationship where I was tortured, tied up. Yeah, that's not on my TikToks. <laughs> I haven't gotten there yet. Where I was tortured, tied up, and controlled. I ran in the middle of the night with two kids, a bag, and left that state. Okay. Wow. Yeah. After that, I became so depressed and just, uh, I was traumatic. I was traumatized. Yeah. And I gained a lot of weight. I'm, I got I'm baffled right now because I had no idea <laughs> and, and, and because your, your energy does not depict a person that is, uh, that has been, you know, wounded, battered, but everyone has a story. So I'm sorry. I didn't want to cut you off, but I'm like, it's okay. whoa, I didn't know we were getting into this type of show, but I love it. That's what I love about off the cuff podcast. <laughs> yeah, I know. I throw people off. A lot of people don't realize why I am the way I am. And one of the reasons why I am so caring and giving and just want to help people is because when I left my abuser, I had two kids, no job, no money, no place to go. And a woman that I did not know by the name of Vivian saw me in a shelter. When I went to the shelter for the next night, cause you had to go check in every night, there was no space for us. So I sat out in the parking lot. She saw me, she was at the gas station across the street. She came up to me and asked me, because I was crying, did I need help? She saw that I had a, a toddler, one-year-old and an eight-year-old. Yeah. And I said, I don't have any place to go. I don't know anybody here. I'm in a city by myself. I have nothing. I don't know what to do. And she says, well, let's, why don't you come home with me and we'll get you an apartment. And I said, no, I can't do that. I just need help. Can you find me a, another shelter? She was like, this is the only one. She ended up letting me stay with her that night. The next day, she gave me an apartment and let me stay in that apartment until I was able to get a job and get on my feet and pay for it myself. And when I went to try to pay her back, the only thing she told me was, when you are in a place to do something for other people, do it. Wow, that's a beautiful thing. So that's how I got here somewhat. Do you still talk so to after, Vivian? I lost track of her. I did. I know it's heartbreaking because I did lose track of her. I did. She's in a whole other state and I moved and my abuser found me. So I had to run again, but you know, and I ended up coming back home to where I had family and protection and you know, we haven't seen them since. But so after that, I gained a lot of weight. I think my heaviest was 326 pounds and I was depressed and I had two kids and I didn't know what to do. And I just finally one day decided that I did not want to be like that anymore. I didn't want to be depressed because I had two kids. I didn't want to be sad. I didn't want to be overweight. I wanted to do better for myself so I could mm -hmm. do better for them. Yeah. So I started running. 
I was looking for something easy to do. I thought running was actually going to be the easy thing. Someone <laughs> uh, lied to me. <laughs> <laughs> Running's not easy. No. No, we were talking about that pre-show. Like, I, I walk jog every day for the last 69 days. Six, day mm -hmm. 69. Yay. Uh, yeah, it's pretty, pretty cool. Um, but uh, still, like I was telling you uh, pre-show, I have a hard time with, with the jogging part. Um, I, I tend to like max out at like, let's say I say 30 seconds, maybe between 30 seconds and a minute. And then I slow back to, to walking, which I don't walk slow. I, I, I kick it in high gear in, in walking. I'm almost like, oh, sometimes I feel like those speed walkers in the Olympics. And I think, oh, I hope people that see me aren't judging me and saying, look at this guy. He thinks he's a speed walker. No. <laughs> the one thing about people who are, especially runners, especially runners, yeah, runners support runners of course but at the track there's condos on one end and everybody's sitting there on that patio that's the people that i'm thinking i hope they're not judging not the runners well, the runners are all supportive great because where are they they're sitting on their balcony you're out running so they exactly. can't be judging too hard <laughs> not too hard exactly <laughs> but yeah i find it hard to jog um on on a long term and then you gave me an idea for the app which is you know, we're going to get into to that, but well, frick, let's get into it right now. But C to 5K, so which is like couch to 5K app, yeah, the free version, C to 5K. And it, it really teaches you, like you said, it teaches you how to run. An app it that does. teaches you how to run. It's crazy. <laughs> it's actually the app that I used when I first started to learn to run um, because it, it, it does that, the walk run is what it does. It has you run for 30 seconds, walk for 30 seconds, run so that you can get used to the cardio from running. Right, right. And it's, of course the breathing. Yeah, it's a The breathing is the most important. It's a different thing for sure. Definitely. Like from running to walking is, there's, there's just different, there's just, I don't know. I'd like to talk to, well, I'm talking to somebody who does it. How different is it? Because I'm, I find it extremely hard to run. Compared to walking. Walking, I'm, I'm dialed in, you know? Because you're a new runner. People don't realize that when you begin to start running, that it's not something you can do and in the month you're, you're all, all of a sudden able to run a mile or two miles. It does not work like that. It takes a lot to get you there. It takes a lot to get you there. So yeah. for you, I would say, you say you've been running for 69 days, walk, run, walk, run. And I quit smoking only 69 That's days good. ago. So That's like, you know awesome. what I mean? It's not that long. So that's probably a lot of the problems. Your lungs are still clearing out too. Yeah. So what After I would say 21 is years. <laughs> if you are running and you're having a hard time to take that next step and you want to walk, maybe slow your pace a little bit. You don't have to run at a fast pace. You no, don't have to sprint. Right. You don't have to go at a fast pace. Go at a comfortable pace for you. The longer you are able to maintain your pace, the further distance you're going to get, the better off you are in the long run. And the one thing I do tell people is if you can only run a mile, then run that mile, but you better make darn sure tomorrow you take that mile in two steps. I don't care if it's two steps, four steps, whatever, a mile in two steps. You do better than what you did yesterday Yeah, that's because you'll get there. That's a good notion. So how many, how much do you run in a week? Do you, do you still run now? Uh, yeah. Yeah, I do. Um, well, the, the last couple of weeks, I really have not run, and a lot of it has to do with I had um, medical stuff going on. My doctor told me not to run for a week, and then my best friend, one of my best friends, um, he was on orders, 
at, in New York City for the last three months guarding a hospital. And he came home also during that time. And when he came home, we were spending time together and now he's gone back on order. So he's back to doing military stuff. Okay. So I have not run. And then my daughter's birthday, we were drinking. So, hmm. um, but I generally try, I keep a journal of my workouts and I generally try to run at the very least three times a week. Okay. If I can fit it in more then I will. I'll do three to five. And each time I run, it's anywhere from three to five miles. The most I've ever ran at one time was seven miles. Nice. That's cool. So how'd you get into running? Just basically my sister, just because she was like, you need to do something. I, I you know, I wanted something to do. And I figured running was going to be the easiest thing. It really wasn't. I was mistaken, actually. <laughs> um, but I enjoy it now because even though I haven't ran probably for two weeks right now, I miss it. Like I'm missing something. People say to me all the time, how do you stay motivated? How do you keep yourself doing it? You treat your workout just like everything else in the world that you have to show up for. Mm -hmm. You have to show up for work or else you don't get paid. Your boss gets mad. You mm -hmm. have to show up for the doctor's appointment or else you're going to get a no show fee. You treat your workout the same way you treat it where if you did not do it, you're going to have consequences. Mm -hmm. Just like everything else in life. Yeah. And that's exactly. how I treat it. I that's have a really, schedule. That's really the commitment that I've given to myself is like consistency is better than perfection. That's a line that I've been saying from the start. Like consistency is better than perfection. So don't try to be perfect. Don't try to do it perfect. Just be consistent. Do every, well, for me, it's every single day. Go walk. Some days you might not reach the five kilometers, which I do 5K, which is about 3.5 miles, 3.4, yep. 3.5 miles a day walking. So some days in this whole 69 days, I might have missed once or twice not reaching the 5K. You know what I mean? A day. Yep. But at least I was out there and I was yep. maybe getting 4K. Well, 4K, the difference between 4K and 5K in a long run there's no difference at the end right. of the day. You know what I mean? If you're cheating it every day or you're not showing up, then that's different. But right. if you're consistent, you don't have to be perfect. Right. And right? that's one thing is like I said, I have a journal and I have in my journal, I always write down what I've done as far as that day, mm. how far I ran, what my pace was, um, how long it took me, you know, all that stuff. I always write down, you know, cause I also tone at home. I don't have a gym membership. People are actually surprised to hear that I don't have a gym membership as, as healthy as I try to be. But I think it's a waste of time when I can just go run and do everything else at home. So I do my toning at home myself. Okay. It's not much, but it's something that somebody else set me up for. And I follow it each day is something different. It's yeah. not the same workout every day. So where are you at in your weight loss battle? I just... As of, as of this week, I have lost a total of, oh, you're going to make me add it, 120, 130, uh, 130 pounds. Nice. And how, how long? A couple of years? A year? It's, yeah, it's been about three years. Yeah. Nice. About three years. So you really just right changed. Way. Yeah, you just changed your mindset. Yeah. And yeah. You, you still allow yourself to, to live life and to have moments like probably this weekend there drinking and oh, yeah. probably eating or whatever. Do what you, you like the 80, 20 rule seems to be popular uh, for people the who are funny training. thing is, is that people always ask me, how do you not cheat on your diet? Well, I'm not on a diet. That's right. the whole thing. Right. I'm not on a diet. I just changed the way I eat. And when I say that I have candy that is sitting on my wine table, that's been there for two weeks 
because nobody in this house eats chocolate. Right. Nobody in this house eats candy. Somebody came and brought it to us. You know what I mean? It just, it'll sit there until I throw it out because we don't eat sweets. We don't eat junk. We don't eat any of that stuff. I, right. I don't even eat ice cream. None of it. I eat just mainly my meat, my vegetables. And when I feel like something sweet, I'm eating fruit. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's the way to do it. Yeah, doing I don't it the crave right way in the, the long process of, of just doing, doing the right things. And I'm sure there's been some, uh, well, if there, if you're anything like me, uh, there's been some, some stumbles along the way, you know what I mean? Yeah. Everybody does. Yeah. In, in a sense of maybe missing out on not, not getting enough, you know, exercise in, or maybe, you know, not doing so well on food, but it seems like you're really on a routine of like saying, yeah, that's really our, the mode that, that we're in here, you know? The food is the food used to be an issue. It really used to be an issue for me, um, clearly, because I got to be 326 pounds. Yeah. But um, it isn't anymore because I I cut things out slowly. The first thing I cut out was soda. I gave it up. Yeah. The next thing, and I just made sure I drank only water. Um, then I, you know, I gave up juices because there's so much sugar in them. I gave up everything. The only thing I drink in my diet is water and wine. And we've already discussed that I don't think I'm giving up wine. I tried, I did it for a week and I'm back to it, I think. But <laughs> I don't, I don't, I, and I barely have maybe a cup of coffee once in a while, but yeah. not often. Good. And, you know, as far as food goes, I eat just like I said, the proteins, I eat the vegetables and I get filled off of that. So when I go past like a donut or something like that, it doesn't, it doesn't move me at all. Okay. Like I said, we what's your weaknesses? I, I have a shitload of weaknesses. You don't uh, have I would any? say pizza, pizza and wine, pizza, mm. <laughs> pizza, pizza and wine. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> I gave up, I gave up everything else in life that had sugar in it. I'm not giving up the wine. <laughs> right. <laughs> I will run two extra miles a day just to drink the wine. Well, yeah, the, the wine's going to chill you out at the end of the day. <laughs> yeah. Not, nothing wrong with that. Especially with my job. Oh my God. What do you do for work? Oh, I am, I am a sales manager for a company that does rent to own. Okay. So I, it's very toxic. I'm leaving. I'm, I actually put my two week notice in this past week um, because I have been attacked by the customers at least twice a month since I've worked there physically attacked because they don't like their answers. They don't want, you know, they don't want to make the payment or something got messed up or they're just not happy. And it's the type of clientele that we deal with there, especially in that neighborhood. So hmm. I, um, I, I couldn't, I couldn't do it anymore. And, gotcha. and I'm the only female that works there. So they always come to me and test me first because they're not going to try to beat up a guy. Right, you know? right, they always right. go for the females first. <laughs> wow. So I'm leaving that job. So you're moving on. Uh, yep. I have another job. Oh, really? Yep. National company. Good. It's going to be good. No customers face to face. So that'll be good too. That's good. That's good. Good for you. So let's get back to a bit of your life story before, before the running, because we kind of got into running quickly there, but uh, that's fine mm -hmm. too. Um, yeah. Let's get back to your life story. So you, you came back to Syracuse to settle down after, after moving from, from another state. Or yes. you move from one state to the other, and then again you were found again. You're you're uh, 
your ex or the father of the children, they found you, they, he found you, you moved back. Now you're in Syracuse where you were originally from. Yes. And how long have you been there? Um, well, my daughter turned 21. So we came back when she was a year old. Okay. So it's been a good while. Yeah. 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 He, he knows, he knows where we are now. Yeah. It because changed, his, yeah. Yeah, because his family has kept in touch with my daughter and my son, but he doesn't, we don't have any contact no, with it's, him. it's over now, yeah. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So, yeah, it must have been uh, a pretty turbulent ride. Yeah, you know, young and stupid, of course, you know, but yeah, it was, I've been through a lot. And I, I, again, I think the reason I am the way I am is because of so much that I've been through to make yeah. me fight harder and be, want to be stronger and want to be better, you know, than what I was. Yeah. And definitely not to let my kids go through that kind of environment either. You know what I mean? Right. I, don't, I didn't want them to see me as, I mean, every parent, you've got kids. You don't want your kids to look at you later on in life be like, and feel like you were a disappointment to them. Like you, you could have done better. I mean, every right. parent makes mistakes, but right, right. you always feel like you can do better. Yes, and that's, for sure. That's but definitely what I was trying to do. But at least you better. gave, yeah, you gave them that opportunity to to thrive and to develop well. How how did the development go for your kids? Do you find it helped to do what you did? Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. They they're fine. I mean, they they could care less that he was not around for them. They they know now that they're older. I didn't yeah. so much tell them when they were younger, obviously. Right. Um, but now that they're adults, I mean, they're okay with it. They don't even think about him as a person in their, in their life. My son is 28. He's got a job in a warehouse. He loves it. He's been there for five years. They love him there. Good. And my daughter is still trying to find herself, let's just say. Okay. Yep, she was been she was laid off with COVID, and now um, she's not going to be able to go back to work. So now she's trying to figure out what her next move is. What the next steps are? Yeah, mm -hmm. nice. she was going to go back to school, but there's no school, so now she can't do that either. True. So she's just kind of here. Kind of <laughs> up in the air there, yeah. 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 Oh yeah. well. She's just. Kind of <laughs> That's all right. Yeah. No, no, I don't mind. She keeps me company. She keeps me on my toes. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, so um, the, I mean, you, you laid down a pretty, a pretty intense uh, scene from way back, seems to be way back now, but uh, 20, 20 years ago, at least 22 years ago. Mm -hmm. Um yeah, I think we covered that. So never mind. I I can I'm, I can edit there. Sorry. We can go back to wherever you want to go, and I'm okay with it. Well, yeah, I'm just wondering how you know um, how long it lasted. I guess uh, the the whole abuse and uh, before you before you decided to you know to jump out and 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 run. He did not become abusive until I got pregnant for my daughter. Okay. And I got pregnant for her on birth control pill. So she was definitely not planned. Um, he did not want me to have her, and there was no way that I was not going to not have my baby. And that's when he became abusive because he didn't want to have a child. So he used to, um, you know, hit me when, he was, when, when I was pregnant because he wanted me to um, lose her. 
And finally, my eight, eight months pregnant, he beat me into labor and I had her. After that, after I got home from the hospital and she was there, um, he acted like he wanted to be a part of her life, but the abuse didn't stop. It got to the point of where he would, you know, drag me around the apartment or lock me up or tie me up when he was going places and he had to leave to go to the store or something. He would tie me up um, or lock me in so I couldn't get out. He made sure that I did not um, ever have keys to the house or the vehicle. He made sure that I was always watched. I didn't have, I wasn't allowed to have a, a cell phone and we did not have a home phone because he didn't want me to have contact with anybody. So he really kept me secluded aside from work. And one day I finally had had enough and I, I told a girlfriend at work that I needed help and I didn't know how to get through it. And she says, well, what do you need? I said, I, I need to get out. I said, I, I need to leave. I don't know how to do this. I'm here by myself. I've got no family. I've got no friends. You're my only friend. She says, I'll help you with whatever you want. At that time, I did not have, this was when I lived in Pennsylvania. I did not have a driver's license for Pennsylvania. The car was in my name and I was paying for it, but I was not able to have access to it. So she took me down to, on our lunch breaks, to the motor vehicles so I could get a driver's test and get a license behind his back. Once that happened, she contacted a shelter for me and they were abusive shelter. And we made plans for um, me to go there. It was gonna be a Friday afternoon, a week away. They were expecting me. They knew I was coming with my kids. I had planned it all out. I was ready to go. Saved money, hid money, did everything I could. I hid money at her house. So the day came to go. And for some reason that day, he did not want to drive me to work. He let me take the car. So I saw that as a sign, like this is a blessing. This is my chance. This is the day I'm planning on going anyways. So I said to myself, I'm gonna to go to work on my way home. I'm gonna stop at the police station. I'm gonna have them escort me there. I'm gonna get my kids and I'm just gonna to go to the shelter. Well, it didn't happen like that because at that point in time, the police told me that I may not get to leave with my children, that he might get to keep them there. And I said, but he's abusing me. Okay, well you can leave, but your kids might not. I said, well, never mind. I was at the police station probably for an hour and a half later than what I should have been. It only takes me 15 minutes to get home from work. Right. When I got home that day, he dragged me from the, from the car to the house and stomped my face out. I mean, I, he beat me badly. But I remember laying on the couch and I was trying to figure out my next move because now I'm stuck again. I was supposed to be there. I, was at the, I didn't show up the shelter. And the phone rang. Because at that time, we had a phone. The phone rang. And he picked it up. And he said, the phone's for you. He's like, who's, who's Michelle? And I'm like, I don't know. So I picked up the phone. I said, hello. And the, the lady said, this is the shelter calling. Are you safe? I said, no. She's like, do you need help? I said, yes. And as soon as I said that, he went to go snatch the phone and he hit me. Floodlights came in through my windows downstairs. There was about 10, 15 police officers outside my house waiting for me. They opened the door. They took him in handcuffs. They saw what he did to me. I was allowed to leave with my kids. That's the first time I got away. The second time I had to get away was actually in the middle of the night on a train. So the second time, meaning you went back the first nope. time? Nope. He found me. I ended up, when I left Philadelphia, I went to Chicago. When I went, when I went to Chicago, I was there because I had 
friends from college there that, you know, why don't you come start over? And I did. He found me. It took him a little while, but he found me. And when he found me, he forced his way back in. It's not he, like when I opened the door and he was there and he pushed himself in, there was nothing else I could do. I feared this person. I right. feared this man, yeah. knowing what he could do to me. So the second time I got away, it took me probably about six months of planning again. And I was going to have my kids' Easter pictures taken. I remember this because it was a, a Friday. I don't know what it is about Fridays, but it was a Friday too. I got up that morning and I said to him, I knew he wasn't going to go because he didn't like doing that kind of stuff. I said, I'm going to take the kids down to the mall and get their pictures taken for Easter. And I said, do you want to go? And he says, no. I've been planning and I stashed bags of clothes in the trash so that when I was ready to go, all I'd do is grab it. And he said, no, I'm not going to go. I said, okay. At that point in time, I did have a cell phone. I had a prepaid one. And I remember him saying no, I left the house and I started running down like alleys, ducking behind houses because I did not want him to not see me waiting for the bus. So I took the kids, I grabbed them and we're going down an alley and I seen this man outside washing his car. And he, he saw me struggling with a stroller, two kids and a bag and you know, he, he see me, I'm crying, I'm scared. He says, ma'am, are you all right? And I said, I need, I need help. I need to figure out how to get the train station from here. I don't know how to get there from here. And he was like, you know, listen, he was like, please understand I'm a Christian man and God is telling me that you need help. Let me go tell my wife and I will take you to the train station. I said, no, you don't have to. I just need to, he's like, no, nope, I will take you to the train station. So he did. And when we got down to the train station, he, he also handed me a hundred dollars and told me to wow. be safe and feed wow. my kids. Hmm. And that's when I came back to Syracuse. Wow. Very cool. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's a story and a half. <laughs> it is, it is. And uh, what would you tell somebody that's right now listening and going through similar situation? I would tell them that... Um, that person sitting there and they they're in fear as well. You know, I would tell them that they can get the help out there. And I know it's hard when you're in that situation because you feel like you don't have access to the resources, but I would say this, do what I did, lean on that one person and have that one person do all your legwork because mm. that one person who's got your back is going to do all the legwork that you need them to do so that you can get out safely. That's the strength that's you need. Yeah. yeah. Like that's the strength you need. That's because you're so drained at that point from the toxic, the, the, the toxicity. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Is that the word? <laughs> yeah. You're so drained from the toxic environment that you don't have the energy to call here, call there, go online, um, you know, do this, do that and try to get organized because you're, well, weak. they're afraid to, because they're being you're trapped. afraid on top of it. They're you're afraid. Trapped. Yeah. 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 It must so be. I would definitely say lean on that one person. There's always one person that you can count on that will help you. And if you are in that situation, if you can find me on TikTok, I swear, if you need help, I will help anybody. I say that all the time. And she's under the tag name, Sean Marie, Sean Marie, J. Sean Marie J. Sean Marie J. Right. That's right. Yeah. S H A W N by the way, it's S H A W N M A R I E J. Yeah. Sean Marie J. And I would say this, I tell people this all the time. If someone needs me and I know you can't always private message somebody when you're not following each other, 
but if someone needs something from me, just leave something in the comments that we want to, that you want to be friends with me so I can make sure that I'm following you so you can private message me. Right. Just got to let me know. Yeah, for sure. So now, 21 years later, your kids are grown up, you're doing well, uh, now you're about to change jobs and everything, and you got into uh, being more, you know, more healthy these, you know, in the last three years, yep. and, uh, and you're running and everything. Tell me a little bit about how your sister inspired you at first, you know, to really get into it and what she did for her, her achievements, and then how you know, how it all kind of came to the fact that you're, you're now, you know, you've been running and you're, you know how to run. I don't know how to run. I wish I knew how to run. I'm <laughs> going to learn. <laughs> yeah. We're going to get you there. We're going to get yes. you there. Yeah. Um, my sister, well, she's actually a bully <laughs> to be, to put it honestly, she really is a bully. To like, you. She, yes, 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 to me, not to anybody else. She's very, very kind and caring. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. you know, when I told her, I said, you know, I, I want to start losing weight. I want to be healthier. She, she's the one who got me to where I am. And I love her for it. She's the best sister. Um, cool. You know, she and I are very close because um, she is now my only living sibling. I do, did have a baby brother, younger brother. He's five years younger than me Whoa. that committed suicide. So, so you're um, a suicide survivor on top. Yes. Yep. And I do a lot of um, charity work for suicide awareness and fundraising and stuff like that as well. Um, so That's, she and I are very close. There's a, long, there's a big story there. <laughs> I know. There's a lot of me. <laughs> but you know, it, it's like I always say, and I used to this. I used to watch religiously. I used to watch Oprah Winfrey in the '90s with my family at supper time. Mm -hmm. and she she was good you know she was always a good person and giving and she had she had great guests on you know way back in the day and everything and uh i believe she's still a good person today i'm sure i just don't follow mm -hmm. her as much as i used to but she once said on her show everyone has a story mm -hmm. and it's so crazy how we can look at somebody i look at you on your tiktok on your tiktoks and your just the way that you are and then talking to you here you know when you broke it to me that I didn't even know, like I said, tell me your life story, you know, pre-show I was like, just tell me a bit of your life journey. And then boom, you tell me, you hit me with like, that was in a, I would never set you off or put you as a person that has been abused. Like you don't look like the type that would accept abuse. You know what I mean? Not anymore. No, of course not. Yeah. <laughs> After learning, you know, that learning the hard way, I guess. Yeah. Yes. But it's crazy yes. when you when you get yourself in a scenario how weak you can become and how yes. weak you can be when you're overpowered or you feel overpowered. And that I, should not happen to anyone, first of all. Let's just be clear here. Like if you're a man and watching this right now and you have issues with like, you know, taking your anger out on your children or on somebody or somebody you love or your wife, dude. Get help. Get fucking help. Straight yep. up. Just yep. get help. But to be in a situation like that and to talk to you today and think, wow, this is a girl that was being abused or, you know, physically abused. It's like, it's hard to believe. And then you tell me you're a suicide survivor from losing your, your brother. How long was this? Um, May 7th, no, August 17th will mark year 19, 20. Wait, where are we? We're, We're 2020. Year 19. Year 19. Yeah, it was, it was, it was very obviously traumatic. 
I mean, I've, I had a lot of trauma in my life and how I still walk around smiling, I don't know, but I've learned to push through it and things happen and it, it is what it is and life is what it is and you can't dwell on what you've gone through in the past. You have to take away positives from it. You have to learn from every negative situation. There's a positive. The positive yeah. part of that situation that I was in with my abuser is that I am strong. Nobody can come to me now and treat me that way anymore. I will not allow it. You know, and what I learned yes. from, unfortunately, dealing with my brother's suicide, it was very difficult, very difficult, because we were very close, um, is that the positive is now I am aware of it and I have counseled and helped other people. And I've done a lot of charity work and fundraising. I even ran a race for suicide awareness. I do every year. Um, but I do a lot to help people. And that's, that's, I think how I got here is because I knew that what I've been through in life, that I could use that to help other people. That's, and that's the beautiful thing again about, humanity and the people that take their experiences in life and turn it into something uh, that not only empowers them, you, but also empowers others and helps heal yeah. the healing process, uh, continue moving forward. Because if you stop healing, if you stop working on yourself, you stop the journey, you're going to find yourself right back into a hole or into a dark zone. So when people like you Sean and me, and we can spread, you know, awareness or good vibes or just being sensitive to people and listening, being, just being em empathetic, and, you know, all those actions are what actually help humanity grow closer right. to, just closer to being, uh, just being better. Like, it, I just find we've got so far from reality. Everybody's on the facade now mm -hmm. with social media. Especially right now. Especially yeah. right now. Yeah. And it's unfortunate because we have to remember like the real experiences we've had, good and bad, and that creates insight and wisdom and all that. And then we can share it and help each other again, you know. But with, mm -hmm. again, social media and all that, we're not talking to people anymore. And then with COVID, we're not really not talking to anybody, you know. It's right. It's been a, it's just, it's just a hell of a ride and we just got to try to care a bit more about each other. How have you experienced the COVID situation in uh, Syracuse, New York? Uh, actually, I've had to be tested okay, twice cause, now. Yeah, because Governor Cuomo made, uh, made some mistakes along the way, but he's been handling, handling it uh, on the front line for sure. He's been, he's yeah. been, he's been pretty vocal. Yeah, my sister actually ended up getting um, COVID. Um, and it was bad. And for her to be as healthy as she is and run as much as she ran. And when I would talk to her, how scared she was, she would tell me that, um, she told me she had a temperature of 104 for two weeks straight. And that she literally felt like there was an elephant sitting on her chest when she went to breathe. And it felt like she was taking breathing in shards of glass. So we're talking a marathon runner, mm. a marathon a month. She survived, thank God, but, you know, you think about it, I've got underlying health conditions. I have COPD, mm -hmm. even as a runner, you know what I mean? I worry about it. If I get it, am I going to make it through? Because my sister's tough. It creates a lot of anxiety. It does. It does. And it's hard, especially for a essential worker. I'm an essential worker. And, you know, I did get laid off for a month, but they called me back to work quickly. Um, but 
Yeah. So, and I'm around a lot of people and it is scary and people don't like to follow the rules and they don't want to follow the mask rule. And it's tough. And it, all day long, I'm constantly saying, put on your mask, put on your mask, put on your mask. You know, I don't want to have to wear the mask all day either, but you know, life is what it is right now. I think a lot of people are just being a little bit selfish and they need to realize that some people really can die from this disease just because this person didn't, that person can't. Mm -hmm. And that one life matters. What do you think about all the riots and everything uh, with COVID? I mean, I'm not asking you exactly about the riots. Um, right. I think we all can make our own conclusions of that. Um, but what about, you know, the whole COVID scenario and seeing all the riots and the, the or the, even the protests, the, even the peaceful protests. I mean, it's, it's, there's a huge, we're starting to see a rise again in the U S this week. Because of two, three weeks ago, you know, all the protesting. Yep. I actually had to deal with it um, at, at my store because I work in a retail setting. Um, so when, first off, let me, I just want to say this up front. My children are mixed. So I, I definitely stand up against racism. I don't tolerate it. And I've had to hear my kids, you know, be racially profiled, especially my son, not so much my daughter, multiple times multiple times that's, that's, that's I, right yeah that's very uh that's very true i i know from seeing your videos your children are uh are pretty much well they're not even mulatto they're they're pretty much black yeah mm -hmm. yeah yeah yep. so yeah so yep. your son had to deal with some some racial profiling and oh yeah yeah a lot a lot but when the riots broke out in syracuse that first day um it was a Saturday, it was a Friday and a, sa a Saturday night, I believe it was. That first day, the next morning was Sunday, I was supposed to get up and go open the store. Now on Sundays, I work there alone. That's the only day I'm by myself. And, you know, and for lack of a better term, because I'm really not this person, my store is located in not a very good neighborhood. There's a lot of violence over in this area there's a lot of drugs and I mean I was outside walking pacing the you know the the street just because I was on the phone and that's what I do and I looked down and there was a drug needle you know what I mean so this is the area that I'm in so when that happened that next morning my girlfriend called me and she says now my friends call me Marie everybody in my life calls me Marie so gotcha but she says she says Marie she says uh did you by any chance see the news this morning and I said well no what are you talking about she's like what are you doing right now I said I'm going to, you know, just sitting here, but I have to get ready to go to work soon. She's like, uh, I don't even know if you have a work at this point. I'm like, what do you mean? She's like, they rioted. She's like, they tore Syracuse up. I was like, are you kidding? I threw my clothes on. I got in my car and I went downtown Syracuse. And sure enough, they broke out windows, looted. Everything was tore up. They tore up the city. And then I went to go check on my store. It was fine. There was, and I knew it was because I didn't get a call from the alarm company or my boss, so I knew right. it was. Right. But then I had to start thinking about this. Okay, you are a white woman. People looking at me do not realize that I stand up against racism because they don't know me. Right. And I am not going to sit in that store all day by myself with nobody when they're out there riding. True. So I called my boss and I told him, I'm not going to sit at the store. And he's, he's like, well, we'll have to call the next boss up. He did. He calls me back. <laughs> he says, um, I'm not going to say his name. He said, um, his, we'll call him B. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I talked to B. 
and um, he thinks you should be fine. I said, well, you know what? You tell said, me to come. Why don't you, why don't you call B back up and tell him to go sit in that store for the day? Because I'm yeah. not doing it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he thinks you should be fine. Of course he does, because he's sitting home on his couch all day. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't go. Yeah. So, uh, so they tore up your city quite good, quite well. Um, yeah, it's, it's, I mean, the, the good thing is, is that, you know, when I went downtown to go look to see what had happened, I also saw a lot of people cleaning up, just coming volunteer to clean up and board up those stores that got looted. And I think the humanity that we're talking about shows up. Yeah. Those are the pockets of good people. <laughs> there was a lot of people that showed up to clean up. And when I looked down the street, it wasn't just one race. It was multiple cultures helping these businesses that lost their business and had their items stolen, clean up and board up. Yeah. That's good. There's that good was the people. only violent protesting we actually had here. After that, it was peaceful. Um, and it has been peaceful and we, our police force has united with the protests here. Right. So that's a plus. We're all happy about that as yeah, well. Yeah, that's good. That's really good that that happens. Yes. Yep. They all took a knee. That's good. Yeah, it is definitely beautiful to see humanity come together in scenarios like uh, COVID and the, yeah. and the riots and everything. I'm thinking I should ask you about the whole George Floyd thing. I mean, it's pretty, it's a pretty messed up situation. Um, mm -hmm. Clearly, clearly, uh, we know, we all know, we all seen it. Clearly, there's there's wrongdoing there on the police side. That's clear. Mm -hmm. There's no question about it. Um, but the whole writing kind of seemed to me like it was a little crazy, like. I'm all for protesting. Yeah, me too. But the, the writing right is just, I, you know what? I, let me just say this. In Minnesota, when it happened, when they went right to the police precinct and they burned that down, I was all about that. Yeah. Because that's a clear message and that's a protest to me. That's like, but the looting and the, the breaking into businesses and, and stores and just stealing, that's, that's just opportunist. Opportunist. Is that how you say it? I think, in my personal opinion, is that Black Lives Matter, I agree with the statement, but I also believe there's an agenda. Yeah, and I don't, I don't it's agree. Not, it's not with what we want it to be, not the change that we want it to be. The agenda is different. Yeah. And I think a lot of people do not understand that. And I know it's hard to have this conversation, especially as a white woman. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. um, but as the mother of two mixed children, especially a mixed son, Male. not so much my daughter, yep. but especially my son, when I've had to watch him walk into a store, one day my daughter and my son and I went into Foot Locker. She walked in first. She put her purse down on the bench. He walked in second. I was out on the phone. I saw, as soon as my son walked in, somebody followed him around the store as he was looking at the sneakers. He noticed that my daughter's purse was on the bench and she was not watching it. He got concerned that someone was going to pick it up. So my son went over to it 
and picked it up to bring it to her and they grabbed him. What are you doing, sir? That's my sister's purse. And I, you know, I came in and I said, what's going on? He, he was stealing her purse. That's my son and that's my daughter. You just walked him around the store because he's dark complected and you, you, you racial profiled him. Yeah. You know, my you, son. You seen it firsthand as a white woman absolutely. standing away from it. You could see it from a, a, another standpoint as a white woman seeing this. It's clear that it happens. There's no question about it. But the movement itself, like you say, it's not what it should be. And it's not what it was intended to be. It became another agenda and politicized with the back door wide open for yep. lobbyists. And what the stressful situation is for that, for me, as if I would be a black person, is that how can you support, of, uh, how can you not support that type of movement and how can you support that type of movement? So it's like, once again, they're stuck be be between a rock and a hard place. And they don't I, have a way to turn to or a place to turn because this organization that's supposed to have their back is funded in some weird ways and doing yes. some weird things. Yes. And that's, that's where I think we have to start to figure out how to actually make the change. Because what's going on right now is not, it's going to make some changes, yes. But is it going to get us where we want? No, it's not. And I mm. think, you know, the people like me and you and, you know, everyday people who really do want change in equality in people and in mm -hmm. cultures. And of course. All that. This is everybody. We, yes. I, I think we are the people that have to speak up and speak out because they need us. We just need better vibes. We need better humanity, you know? Yeah. Make, yeah. It makes me emotional to, to see people struggle, the races struggle. It's, it's unfortunate that we're in 2020 and this is still a huge, huge issue is race is the hugest issue that we have had to deal with that is not mm. getting any better. No, it's getting worse. It is getting worse. And, and I don't know the divisive culture is getting worse too. So like there's too many people to the right, too many people to the left, nobody in the center. Right. You know, right. it's either you're on the right or on the left and it doesn't matter if you're in Canada or in the U S there, it's the same thing. Right. Cause for us, mm -hmm. Canada is like just an extension of the U S really we're North America because we copycat everything that the U S does. So, I mean, <laughs> and it's been that way since I'm born and since forever. So there's, to me, we're on, we're all in the same patch of land. Mm. you know so mm. we watch the same shows we you know we you know what we used to say when we were kids when we were kids we, we, we our friends would say hey have you ever been to another country they'd be like then you can't count canada because it's attached it doesn't count exactly yeah. <laughs> and it's only three hours from here <laughs> i know it's same same like, yeah, what's canada? yeah yeah have you ever traveled in another country and that excludes the u.s there <laughs> you know yeah you guys say it to us too huh <laughs> oh for sure yeah yeah but yeah, hopefully humanity can, there's, there can be a switch. And of course, with this show, uh, uh, this podcast, we're only a small pea in the pod there, but uh, I'm really trying to bring it to a level where we can really care about each other and that we can bring, uh, just bring that, that sensitivity back to people, yeah. bring the human side back and the real side, you know, because we just seem to all live in a bubble of facades. Agreed. 
and the I, I agree. The bubbles are bursting, especially in the, the with the just everything. I mean, I don't even want to go up to the president, but and, and you know, and politics in in a whole because it's not just about the president either. Pre- president's a lo- subject here. Yeah, he's a loon to me as far as I'm concerned, but. Uh, <laughs> But, you know, as far as I'm concerned, the Democrats wouldn't be any better. Biden wouldn't be any better right now either. So it's like, who you know, you- the running the running joke right now is that America at this point in time. I've told you I have a potty mouth, right? So I'm just going to say it. Am I allowed to? Yeah, absolutely. This is an explicit podcast. We're fucked yeah. on our next election. We really are. We well, have like. No Un- options. Well, unless an independent comes comes and shows up all of a sudden, last minute. Ah, like, I, like, it's getting too like late. Dwayne The Rock Johnson, you know. Yeah, it's getting too late. Yeah, I know. It's getting We're late. screwed. We're screwed. So, I mean, it is. We're going to have to vote for Trump. <laughs> well, you have no choice. You can't vote for Biden. <laughs> That's why I said we're screwed. The, guys, the guy can't put two fucking sentences together, so. I need to move to Canada. <laughs> You do. That's what everybody, a lot of people say that. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we're, we're just a smaller country. That's why we're better off. Cause yeah. really if we, if we had the population that the U S has, which I think is about 400 million, if I'm not mistaken, the U S I might be wrong. 250 million. I don't know. I'm going to check now. You're a numbers guy. I can see it. You want to know. But Canada has not got your population. We got, you know, 28, 28 million people. U.S. population. But Canada has, has you know, 30,000 people. You have 328 million people in 29 and Canadian Canada population. So, and we have a bigger country. Our country's bigger. We have 37.5 million it's a fraction. It's, it's what, uh, 10% of what you have. So basically, you know, and we have big, a bigger land surface. We have more land than you and a lot, 10, 10 times less people. So yeah, we're nicer because we're less stressed because we're not on top of each other, fucking banging each other's head <laughs> all the time because we have a bit of room, you know what I mean? <laughs> And even yeah. there, we're not that great. You know what I mean? Like we're pretty good there and we're considered to be a peace country and nice, nice people and stuff. But there's still some, some morons in Canada. I mean, my hometown uh, had a cop killer show up one day and just start shooting cops and killing cops. It made a big, it made a big deal, you know, and then it was, a, it was a huge deal. And then just recently in Nova Scotia, some guy killed 22 people. Uh, mm-hmm. just, that's my, that's right next door to my state, my, uh, province, which is about two hours from here. The guy killed, uh, I think one or two cops and then like 19 civilians in a, in wow. a rampage. So we have idiots too. You know what I mean? Yeah. Mental health is a big issue. Especially right now. Yeah. Mental health is the root of all the mass killings. Yeah. It's, it's not guns. It's mental health. Don't get right. me wrong. Don't get me wrong. I'm not a gun advocate, but I don't believe that. I believe that somebody that is sick enough to kill a shitload of people is going to find a gun. Right. Either way. Absolutely. 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 Yeah. I agree. So our discussion has gone like from, from <laughs> literally from A to Z. Like I've covered, we've covered a lot. <laughs> We have. Who would have thought it would be this interesting? I shocked you. (laughs) 
Yeah, really. I no, like everybody yeah, has a so story and an opinion, and I like that. It's it's it's, a, it's conversations. I I love de- uh, discovering and and you know developing relationships with people and understanding where they're coming from, who they are. It makes you just appreciate the um, the human. Yeah. That's the cool part of it. See, you got me to open up more than more than I would have on my TikToks. How's that? <laughs> well, you know, I encourage people to open up because it's all part of the healing process. Sometimes we put it away and we think that we're good and we f- remember, oh, shit, yeah, maybe I still have some little bit of healing to do here. So talking about it definitely does, doesn't do any harm, I don't think. I, think I don't ever mind talking about my experiences, actually. It's not something... Th- I hide from TikTok because I'm ashamed of it. Right. I just haven't gotten there. <laughs> yeah. I just haven't, you know, gotten there. Cause I, you see some of the TikToks I put up, put up. I have no problem saying what I feel. No, <laughs> no, but you also, you don't sit there cry in the screen either. And, and no. so you, you like to keep it light and fun and just kind of upbeat and intense at times, like intense, but intense in this, in a sense, like just, giving your opinion and stuff and but it it's cool it resonates with with a lot of people clearly because you have a lot of yeah. followers so yeah. I do I do and I'm grateful for my followers because they are everybody always inspires me as well and always leaves me good comment comments and tells me how inspiring I am I tell them I don't know what happened I was just the fat girl who needed to lose weight I don't know <laughs> how I got here I don't but personality I personality is, is is a lot and uh people enjoy that you know no i want to thank you very much for joining me today and uh hanging out and chatting about a little bit of everything really we covered a lot and we just uh had a great fun conversation that's really what it's all about so uh you know thanks a lot and good luck with the new job and the future everything that that's coming and keep doing your thing on tiktok if you guys want to follow her i'll i'll add uh her uh handle name in the details so go check it out thank you for having me i've enjoyed it i've been a guest of yours anytime awesome it was really fun well we should maybe get into a political discussion one day you seem to be somebody who might have an opinion (laughs) politics is like religion it's almost something you don't talk about (laughs) yeah you you already know i have an opinion i'm very opinionated and I, i i put my opinions out there i always do well could be fun (laughs) Okay. I'm down. You let me know. (laughs) Well, thank you very much for joining. And uh, if you're out there, if you have a little bit of love to spare, throw it around with intention of healing around the world. You know, a lot of people are out there struggling and needing a little bit of love. So if we can send the intention out, um, at least they might be able to catch it. They might be able to catch it. You just never know. Take care of yourself. Thank you for listening to the Good Vibes Show. Make sure to subscribe and like comment send messages we appreciate all the feedback we can get thank you oh i was gonna say sean again thank you marie (laughs) okay (laughs) thank you take care and till next time